0: everybody. It's good to see all of you here. Uh, we're officially beginning our our Christmas season. And uh, to me, that's really exciting. Like some years I'm more aware than other years that I, I need Christmas. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I'm, I'm old. I don't need gifts and I don't need, I guess I need cookies, but I, I it's the joy and the peace and the, like, Almost innocence. Can you say that like of Christmas? This beautiful story that is still alive and and living in us. I need. I need Christmas. Like in our culture, in our world, there's plenty of fear going on. And typically our response to fear is like we're going to roll up our sleeves and we're going to like get adrenaline pumping and like, ah, let's conquer it. And, And yet there's something different in the Christmas story. Over and over we hear fear not in the Christmas story, but it's not this trust just yourself, roll up your sleeves, take the hill. That's not the reason that we don't have to fear. We don't have to fear because there's this baby who's being born and and this whole process of being um, in the womb and then being born and being raised and who he is, all of who Jesus is, is our reason to not need to fear. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to look at that together. Today, whether you knew it or not, you're here for an extra treat because uh, I'm not going to preach very long. Yeah, a couple of you are excited. And uh, and after, after that, our kids have a gift for us. So your first Christmas gift this year is, is going to be this play in just a minute. So we want to get to that. Um, first, let's look at the story of Mary, okay? Luke 1 says it like this. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the Virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored One. The Lord is with you. Okay, let's let's make sure we kinda understand what's going on here. Mary's engaged, right? She's getting married. And so she's doing all the stuff that engaged girls do. She's like on all, all the Pinterest kind of websites and figuring this thing out. She's putting together party favors. And, and if you've been around somebody who is engaged, you know not to mess with that person, right? <laughs> There's nobody more intimidated than like the soon-to-be wife because there is nothing like you cannot get in her way. I, I doubt she's like this bridezilla kind of person, but she's like trying to... Take care of every detail. And part of the thing in preparation for wedding is you have to, like, guess the unexpected and prepare for that. What if this uncle shows up? What if this happens? What if the dresses don't fit? What if uh, at, I, at one wedding that was a part of our church, the, the beautiful little flower girl who happens to be my daughter decided not to walk down the aisle you have to, like, anticipate that kind of stuff. Like, how do we handle this? What are we going to do, right? Nobody guesses that an angel is going to appear. That never hits the list, right? People say, like, we'll be prepared. The photographer might be 15 minutes late. Or, or like, oh, somebody, somebody's suit might be wrong or something like that. You guess for those things. You don't really guess, hey, as you're prepping, an angel's going to show up. That, that kind of throws you off. There's not a magazine you can open up that, that tells you how to handle that situation. And so we see here her response, which is, is uh, <laughs> it makes some sense. It says, but Mary was greatly troubled at the saying. I imagine as you're prepping for your wedding that you're greatly troubled when an angel just shows up. And she's trying to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Her nose is in the the bridal magazine. She's got her life planned, and all of a sudden this angel interrupts everything that she knows, and she's trying to figure out what she's supposed to do with it. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus he will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the lord will give to him the throne of his father david and he will reign over the house of jacob forever and of this kingdom there will be no end and mary said to the angel how will this be since i am a virgin and the angel said to her the holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you therefore the child to be born will be called holy the son of god and behold your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren for nothing will be impossible with God. This is beautiful. This is the story that our, our faith takes off at, right? Like this is like where it takes this new turn and the Messiah is about to be born and against all odds Right against all of nature, against all of everything, all logic. God births this calling into this girl (coughs) named Mary. She's to be the mother of the Messiah that the world has waited for. But here's what gets me in this. She's told not to be afraid. You're to be the mother of this one who is holy, who is Jesus, and now go be pregnant with that. You know what I mean? Like, go, go wait that 40 weeks and just sit on that reality that you're going to be that mother. Go sit on that waiting to be the mother of Jesus. It's, it's not like the angel said, behold, here's a baby. Take care of it. It's the Messiah. That'd be different. He says, behold, don't be afraid. I've got this calling on your life. Here's who you are to be. Here's who you were created to be. And now go be pregnant with that truth for 40 weeks. Because nothing's impossible to God. So it made me think of us. And, and as, I, as I think of this story, I, I think of these two gifts that God gave Mary. And I think that as i'm thinking of us we need these two gifts as soon as he says hey for 40 weeks you're pregnant with this reality that people are going to misunderstand people are going to they're going to talk about you they're not going to understand what i have told you all this kind of stuff is going to happen and then in 40 weeks you'll inherit this reality that is this calling that i have for you and in the meantime god gives her two gifts that i'm praying he gives us in this season god gave her community right away. He says, hey, go see Elizabeth. She's six months in on waiting for the promise. She was called barren. Her husband can't speak right now because he was told as he was praying that, that, that she was going to have a baby. All of this is taken care of. Go. She is six months ahead of you. She's blazed this trail a little bit of believing in the promise. She's, she's just ahead. Go, go live beside her. As you're waiting for this promise, go be next to her. I think that's a really big deal. And then the angel gives this word of confidence. Says nothing is impossible. And that's where we usually stop, right? Nothing's impossible. So let's roll up our sleeves. Let's wake up earlier. Let's schedule out our day better. Let's just work a little bit harder. That's not really it. I've tried that one like 15 times. Everything is impossible for me. I tell you, the more I focus on it, the more it falls apart if I'm doing it on my own. But nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Even a teenage girl who is a virgin having a baby and carrying that thing full term and it not being just a baby but being a messiah. Nothing is impossible. I look at my life and I'm like, there's no way you can make sense of this, God. There's no way I can make sense of this. I can't. There's no way I can see my way through. There's no way I can find my own strength on my own. But nothing is impossible with God. For us, there's some of us who go through just an ordinary day and then we become pregnant with the gospel alive in us. You've had that day where all of a sudden you begin to understand what the gospel reflected in your life is to look like. You start to understand the calling that God has on your life. You're starting to understand what it is that you're to spend your days doing. And you're pregnant with that reality and it doesn't line up with the people around you or your job or it feels like, no, none of this makes sense. I can't really do that. There's 50 reasons and 50 excuses and all of them are legitimate. And yet... The gospel alive in you just keeps growing and growing and growing. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you can say, yes, I know the very specific thing that you're talking about. Others of us are like, no, but I know that my desire to love is much greater today than it was yesterday. And that, I'll tell you, that is the gospel coming alive in your heart. And we have all the excuses in the world, but the kingdom grows within us. And so the question we have this morning as we kind of prep to watch this play and be served in that way is what is the king birthing within you? What's he birthing within you? What is this supposed to look like in your life? What what does love reflected out of you and into the lives around you look like? What is the role that you are to play? Who are the people that you are to love? If you don't have an idea, What would it look like for you to ask? And not just ask, but ask and then stop long enough to listen and hear. And what would it look like if we loved out of our story and out of our lives? What if we really believe that nothing is impossible with God? We think this this task is huge in front of us. I've been thinking of our, our church and the the jobs and the tasks and the roles that people have here and no lie in this small community of people we have people who are reaching the entire world. Like I, I really think like every continent is impacted by the people who are part of one church. That's pretty cool. We've got all of these different professions and and different uh areas of of work and service that are impacted by the people in this place. And I don't even think we're yet awake to what God wants to do in our lives individually, but especially in our lives collectively. What if we woke to that? What if we saw, and what if we asked what God wants to impregnate us with? And what if we lived in community next to one another and gave him 40 weeks to let that take shape? And for us to believe that it's not impossible. There's this response that Mary has that I'm I'm praying will be my response and will be your response as God gives us a calling. When the angel says nothing is impossible with God, Mary responds not out of fear, but out of understanding as much as she could understand. And she says, behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to to your word. And at that moment, the angel departs. He says to this young girl, hey, you are going to be pregnant with the Messiah. Go live next to Elizabeth. And she says, oh, oh, behold, which is one of my favorite words ever. We need to use it more. Behold, let it be true in me. Let it be true in me. Let it be as you have said. Let me live according to your word. Let me believe as you've proclaimed over my life. And so now we have this opportunity as we have every week where we we go to the table, right? Because this Jesus was born to Mary and was cared for as an infant and as a toddler and as a young boy and as a young man and grew to be the Jesus that we read about in scriptures who gave his life So that nothing gets between God and me and God and you. So that there's no more excuse. So nothing is left out of love. He did everything on our behalf. And then he invites us to remember. And we take the bread. And we remember that his body was broken. And we take the cup. We remember that his blood was shed. And it's for us. So that we would know that nothing's impossible with God, and when you come to the table today, I really want to invite you to to think on what what has God placed within you, and where have you said no, and where have you listened to excuses, and where might it be that you need to say, "Behold, I'm the servant of the Lord." though I tend to be afraid though I tend to be distracted let it be according to your word where might that be and I want to invite you to go to the table as a way of saying hey let it be in me as well let this happen in me as well this Christmas season though though the news may say different we have no reason to fear because Jesus is Exactly who he always was, exactly who he was proclaimed to be. And God was never terrified of that idea. If he was nervous about it, he would have sent him as a, he would have came to this earth as like a young warrior. But God wasn't too afraid. He sent him as a baby, knowing everything will work out, everything will happen that needs to happen. So let's go to his table sing together and then let's inherit this gift from these young ones who have got to play for us, okay? Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for being born. Thank you for modeling the way of not living in fear that that we might be able to do the same. Thank you for the fragility and, and vulnerability that is in the Christmas story and that we would find our way that we'd recognize you at work and we'd say let let it be